It was the first bath he'd had since being locked up. Matt felt like a thirsty sponge soaking up water until he was so full that he could hardly move. The warmth soothed his skin, which had become itchy and sore. Sit up. I haven't got all day, growled Rosa, setting to work with a brush almost as big as the one in the hallway. She scoured him until he was pink, dried him with a big fluffy towel, and tried to get a comb through his tangled hair. In a fury because it wouldn't come right, she grabbed a pair of scissors and cut it all off. They want tidy, they'll get tidy, she muttered. She stuffed Matt into a long sleeve shirt and trousers and gave him a pair of rubber sandals to wear. Very soon he was being hurried across a courtyard to another part of the house. His legs ached with the effort of walking. Halfway across the courtyard, his feet tangled in the unfamiliar sandals and he stumbled against Rosa. She took the opportunity to lecture him. The doctor will be there, she said, and so will important members of the family. They'll want to make sure you're healthy. If they ask questions, don't answer. Above all, don't say anything about me. She brought her face down close to his. You'll be all alone with me in that little room, she whispered. I swear, I'll kill you and bury you under the floor if you make trouble. Matt had no trouble believing her. He forced his trembling legs to follow her to a part of the house as different from his old prison as the sun was from a candle. The walls were painted cream and rose and pale green. It was so bright and cheerful it raised his spirits in spite of Rosa's dire threats. The floor gleamed with polish that made Matt feel like he was walking on water. Windows looked out on gardens with fountains. They splashed and glittered in the sun. A magnificent bird with a long green tail stepped delicately across a walk. Matt wanted to stop, but Rosa shoved him on, all the while cursing beneath her breath. Finally, they came to a large room with a marvelous carpet woven with birds and vines. Matt wanted to kneel down and touch them. Stand up, hissed Rosa. He saw windows framed by blue curtains that went from floor to ceiling. A small table set with a teapot, cups, and a silver plate of cookies sat next to a flowered armchair. Matt's mouth watered at the memory of cookies. Come closer, boy, said an old, old voice. Rosa gasped. Her hand dropped from Matt's shoulder. El patrón, she whispered. Matt saw that what he'd taken for an empty armchair actually contained a man. He was extremely thin, with shoulder-length white hair neatly combed beside a face so seamed and wrinkled it hardly seemed real. He was wearing a dressing gown, and his knees were covered by a blanket. It was the blanket that had fooled Matt into thinking the old man was part of the chair. It's all right, said Celia from behind him. Matt whirled to see her in the doorway. His heart lurched with relief. Celia brushed past Rosa and took his hand. He's had a bad time, mi patron. For six months, they've kept him like a wild animal. You lie, snarled Rosa. I've seen it with my own eyes. Maria Mendoza told me. She's a baby. Who can believe a baby? I can, said Celia quietly. She hadn't been to the house for six months. When she arrived, she asked to see Matt, and Tom boasted that he'd shot him dead.
she flew straight to me. Shot him? Is he hurt? said the old man. He was already hurt. Celia described the injuries caused by the broken glass. Why didn't anyone tell me? demanded El Patron. His voice wasn't loud, but there was a quality to it that made Matt shiver, even though he, for once, wasn't the one in trouble. It was the doctor's place to do it, Rosa cried. It was everyone's place to do it, said the old man in the same cold way. Take off your shirt, boy. Matt didn't dream of disobeying. He unbuttoned the shirt rapidly and dropped it to the floor. Dios mío, my God. Those bruises must be from Tom's pea shooter, said Celia, sounding ready to cry. See how thin he is, mi patrón, and he's got some kind of rash. He was.